This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine Fury, aka Sir Auntie Maine a.k.a. The Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race by gendered bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 164 and it is the second to last episode before I go on my mental health hiatus in April and in continuing with the accidental theme of Q1's episodes for 2022, my guest today, Nikki, is the fourth person in this three-month cycle that I know in Meet Space. <laughs> Nikki is the first regular listener of Militantly Mixed that I met in Meet Space. Uh, Nikki had come out to visit uh, myself and Blurred Vision from Blurred Comics Podcast at the Black Nerd Expo in Mar- um, Oceanside, California at Maricosta College and back in February of 2020. We got to meet, we got to take pictures, and since then, I've gotten to know Nikki through uh, social distancing hangouts and video chats and things like that. We, we have talked a couple times throughout the last two years, so I, I have more of a knowledge about Nikki than I do some of my guests that just fill out the form and become a guest on the show. Um, I really enjoyed this recording. I really did. It was, it was nice to just kind of have a chat with someone that you, you kind of know decently and and continue on some of the discussions that we had about mixedness and while I know that Nikki is a little bit nervous in sharing her story I I just want to say to to Nikki and to anybody who has considered sharing their story on Militantly Mixed in the past and thinking about doing it um, just trust me if the episode was trash I wouldn't put it up So without giving out too much information, I have had the experience of having a very difficult recording with someone in which the conversation was either too awkward or or too difficult to get information out and therefore was not easy to edit into a listenable episode. And, um, And so if it's awkward or if it's not good or not interesting, as a lot of people will say, I want to be a guest on the show, but I think my story is not that interesting, uh, is a common quote that I get in email form. Uh, I guarantee you I wouldn't put it out if it wasn't um, episode worthy. So I, I, I don't want to invalidate feelings of nervousness in participating, but if you would like to share your story, or you would like to engage in a conversation about your mixedness with me through the show. I promise you that if I if I struggle to hear it back when I edit, it wouldn't make the air. So if it's making the air, it's good. <laughs> uh, but I'm just really glad to be able to share Nikki's story here because uh, she is an avid supporter of the podcast. She's been a Patreon sponsor, a fundraiser donator. Mm. Um, frequent t-shirt purchaser. She also supports my other show, uh, Blurred Comics. And um, and I just really value the commitment to the show because of what Nikki feels she gets out of being a listener. And, and so for the audience that are hearing this today, um, I do just kind of want to say that like Nikki is one of the reasons the show exists for you because she's been one of the people who's been supporting it. Um, and, and helping me keep it on, you know, like keep the lights on type of thing uh, because of her sponsorship of the show. So I'm glad to, to finally be able to share her story. And I'm probably even 
better that we've waited this long to share her story because now I know her a little bit better and it made for um, a conversation that was uh, pretty meaningful to me and I, I hope to her, but but it, I can say for me it was. Um, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with y'all. Before we jump over to the episode, I do just want to give you a highlight or an update on the fundraiser. As of last week, we hit $285.05, but right before I hit record today, I noticed that a t-shirt sale had come through. I just haven't been able to look at it and calculate it yet, so I'll be able to do an update um, to the uh, fundraiser thing on social media soon. I just wasn't able to do it before starting recording today. Um, But I want to give a a thank you and a shout out to Nikki, Amanda, Nina, Ivy, Elizabeth, Anne, Jennifer, Imani, Sarah, and Nina again um, for donating either through PayPal or through t-shirt sales because that did, uh, or t-shirt purchases, because that did really help, especially last week. It it just came right in the nick of time when, when money was needed to pay a podcast bill, so Thank you for that. We are still trying to hit $1,000 at a minimum, 1500 at the stretch goal. And to do that, I'm keeping up the with the PayPal. So paypal.me slash militantlymixed if you'd like to donate to the show in that way. Or you can go to militantlymixed.com and click on the merch tab and buy a t-shirt and help us out that way. I also created a fundraiser on Facebook because um, I think some people do sh- like dislike PayPal and um, and maybe because it's not it's more in, it's more casual and this is more of a formal way to donate if you would like to have a receipt I guess for your donation as well um, I did put up the fundraiser in Facebook so if you go to the public militantly mixed Facebook page or if you're a member of the private group you will see the link there I'll also put a link in the show notes uh, to this episode so that you can donate that way if that's the way that you would prefer to do it and then as I do my updates I will add up all of those as a total so that y'all know where we are at in the um, the fundraiser tracking by that point. Um, this is the second to last episode before I go on the April mental health hiatus. Um, I am also going to have a pretty heavy week this week. So I'm, I'm saying this to set expectations in terms of my release and, and the information and like social media, of course, the next week. My last two days at the comic book shop are Friday and Saturday, which are going to be probably pretty emotional for me and maybe a little bit difficult to get through. We are doing a cosplay going away kind of party, which I really hope is just more like a geek meet where we're all dressed up in cosplay because <laughs> I'm not really a partier. Um but that way I can kind of have a low-key exit out of the shop and, and just sort of enjoy myself in cosplay. And then and that's Saturday at the shop. So if you're in the Houston area and you want to check us out, um, that's what we're going to be doing. You can show up in cosplay or not, whichever is fine. Uh, and then Sunday I, um, I get on a plane to L.A. and do something related to Militantly Mix that I can't talk about yet. Um, but I'm really excited about it. So uh, I'm going to have some low lows. And I'm going to have some high highs this week. And I'm trying to pace my mental health during this week because I, I know it's been a little bit difficult to hear me over the last couple of weeks because I've been so down. Um, I'm not down today. I actually had a pretty good couple of days, but I just, I anticipating it's going to be probably a tough week in terms of like literal swings from sadness to happiness. And um, I hope to just come back really grounded and strong in May and, um, and hopefully with a plan to be able to to help pay for the show. (laughs) Um, But in the meantime, fundraiser, 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 that's how we're going to do it. Uh, So without further ado, I do want to jump over to today's episode and again, just say to Nikki, uh, uh, as a longtime supporter of the show, longtime listener, I I really appreciate that you have stuck with uh, the show for so long and that you've continued to support the show. And I hope when you hear your episode back that you love it as much as I do. Um, it's because of your support that I've been able to, to keep this going. And, and I really, really do appreciate you. And, um, and for those of you who would just like to also share some gratitude with me or on the behalf of the show and things like that, uh, please throw it in the direction of Nikki because she is one of the people that, that do help keep the lights on, on this show. Um, in listening and in commenting on your uh, um, on your experience of hearing the episode, um, you know, let Nikki know that you appreciate her as much as I do for um, for sponsoring the show. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado, please join me in welcoming our latest cousin to the Militantly Mixed family, even though she's completely been writing for Militantly Mixed for years. <laughs> so, older cousin, but latest to the show. <sighs> Nikki. that I have actually met in Meet Space. Like lately, back to back, all my interviews have been people that I've met in Meet Space, which I think mm -hmm. is dope. Uh, Nikki, who we met two years ago before the panorama began in person at the Black Nerd Expo in Oceanside, California, uh, which I'll be going back to next month uh, or this month, depending on when this episode's dropped. Um, Nikki, why don't you tell everybody about yourself and let's get into it. Well, I'm Nikki. I, I don't know what to say about myself, actually. I am black and white. My dad's black. My mom's white. I live in San Diego in the East County of San Diego. And that's pretty much it. I don't know. What else is there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Well, mostly that because we're, I'm comfortable with you because I have met you in person and we've been on the videos together before. So like, uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing on camera with you. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't know. I'm just Nikki. I'm not like any of you other people who are cool and, you know. Oh, you they, stop it. No, we're not doing that today. We're not like doing that. You have designers, you have actors, and I'm just like, I work two jobs. <laughs> you, you're No, but you have a plan. You're busting, you're busting your ass so that you can, you can get to the next location, uh, which I respect because I am also, an, well, I'm a, no, I'm a straight up nomad. I know you're mm -hmm. just, you're trying to get to a place that you want a to be place. at. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we have talked in the past mm -hmm. a, a little bit about, about your upbringing and everything like that. And, um, you know, the biggest part of this show is just creating that archive of, of mixedness across the board. So we are not doing the, I'm not as cool as the other. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're like, no. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, so what I do know about you though, yeah. is that you do have a sibling. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, your appearance is different though, right? Slightly. Oh yeah. So you can't really tell. I'm, I'm not dark. I'm yellow now because I never go out in the sun. <laughs> we haven't been outside. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you but, think you have more melanin than you do. And then COVID happens and you don't go outside and you're like, Oh, I'm hella pale. Yeah. You should have seen me a few years ago. Cause I was actually, I had color and in the summertime I would get Brown and now I'm just like, okay, whatever. But my brother, he's lighter than me. I have white features, like mm -hmm. white features. Um, but my brother, he's lighter and he's got more black facial features. So he gets clocked for being black a lot more than I do. Most people assume I'm something I'm not. They think I'm Mexican or something. And I'm like, yeah, no. And with no. you being so close to the border too, mm -hmm. generally, I'm, I imagine you get spoke Spanish too quite often. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, mm -hmm. same. yeah. You know what's crazy? In LA, people spoke Spanish to me all the time. In mm -hmm. here, in Houston, yeah, there's straight up just Spanish speakers that don't even speak English here, mm -hmm. and even they flip into English for me. <laughs> I don't understand what's happened. I don't know what's happened. It's so bizarre. But for the bulk of my life, I've always had people speaking Spanish to me and so yeah. assuming I, I was some form of uh, Latin. So, like your experience, like, do you talk about race with your? You have totally different experience. You feel in terms of how you maneuver. 100%. And I think a lot of it, <laughs> my brother. Oh. So I think for me, and my brother lives in Florida now, so I don't really talk to him a lot. And when he was still here, we didn't talk about it. But I know now he works in a with a predominantly black, um, the owner's black, and basically everyone where he works is black. So I know he identifies more as black now. And then I know he did back then back then when he was younger partly because he got arrested and like the cops like you oh, know they treated him as such yeah even though he's really light I think he might be he might be like your your skin tone I think about about that um and so for me 
I, like I said, I don't get clocked as black. So I just. It's so bizarre. Like, even though that you do have the darker skin between mm -hmm. you and your, yeah. your sibling, because even like me and Blurred Vision, who you've also mm -hmm. met in person, yeah. um, you know, he's darker skin than me, but mm -hmm. he has more white features and he is treated yeah. like a, he's seen like a black person. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when I open my mouth versus when he opened his mouth, sometimes I am clocked as I'm well, I'm clocked as hood black, even though I look yeah. like I do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then he gets clocked as having a white mom. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. get clocked as that. Well, I don't have a white mom, but yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get clocked as that. And it's so wild that even like someone as pale as me compared to him, who's kind of mm -hmm. your, your skin tone, yeah. um, that the way people receive our blackness, it's, it's so bizarre how this happens where, yeah. wherever we're at. And I think for me, especially like when you see the hair and like, maybe like my body shape, then you kind of see it. But like uh, my voice, my face, like, yeah, no. Like I look like my grandma on my mom's side who's white. How so, do you identify yourself though? Like when you're seeing yourself, how do you how do you identify? I'd say mixed. I but the older I get, it it's more difficult. Partly because I grew up basically with my white mom, like my mm -hmm. dad. They got divorced when I was maybe second grade, like really young. And he mm. was just like, not there. Like he lived maybe 20 minutes max away from us. And he just wasn't there as a child. Um, and we got involved in a lot of white activities. Mm. So growing up, it just changes. It's, it's, you know, it's dynamic. So the older I get, I think the more I identify with my black side, but basically I identify as mixed. So so yeah. And you you're not in an area that I assume you have a whole lot of other mixed people around you too often. Or if they are, they're probably you're not probably like sitting there at like your your mixed affinity group at the lunch table type of thing. Yeah, no. Um no, COVID. I eat my car. <laughs> <Get> away from <laughs> me. <laughs> I eat in my car. Please don't be anywhere near me. <laughs> But yeah, we really do have to like change the way we think about like mm -hmm. how to interact with people. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, no, so at my day job, the office side because I'm a dispatcher. So the office side, it's a whole bunch of white people. Pretty much on the office side, there's. I'm just trying to count. There's not that many black people on the office side. Like with the technicians, it's a little bit different. So I don't even know. What was the question again? I'm sorry. My brain. <laughs> it's really more about like how you're engaging oh. in, in terms of your, of your mixedness. Like, are you, do you have mixed people around you? Is it mostly no. just your participation, like with military yeah. mix and the stuff that we've yeah. talked about together? Yeah. It's, it's basically a whole bunch of white people. I mean, it's, you know, where I live, you yeah. know? So and in particular, for people who don't know, like the San Diego area, um, most of it is super, super white. Like mm -hmm. San Diego is probably the whitest feeling major city in California. Mm -hmm. And that like includes like Sacramento and San Francisco and, and L.A. Like these these places, of course, have white people and a lot of them. But you you can identify black and brown people all over the place. And, mm -hmm. and in San Diego, even though it is close to the border, there's like just there's pockets of places where brown people live, but predominantly almost every neighborhood and suburb yeah. is super, super white mm -hmm. and and affluent, too. I guess there's also a pretty heavy affluence in a big part mm -hmm. of the of the area. So a, a lot of the mixed folks that I do talk to from San Diego, it's all just like, so it was me. Yeah. It's my brother or you know, yeah. it's my sister. Mm -hmm. It's too bad because y'all could actually get together if you want, if COVID wasn't a thing and you wanted to look at each other's faces um, because I've talked to a bunch of y'all mm -hmm. out there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But what, mm -hmm. so what made you start engaging? Because when you came to, to the Black Nerds Expo, when we first mm -hmm. met, you said you were, you were already listening to the show and you had yeah. heard me say I was going. So you came out, mm -hmm. but when did you, start engaging like in mixed spaces and and trying to I guess find your your mixed ass self that way <laughs> it was probably when you started doing honestly really when you probably started doing the the social distancing hangouts and I know oh, so even after we had met yeah oh okay I, I I'm pretty much like all my family's gone so 
I work and I, with my schedule, like none of my friends, like we hardly ever hang out. Mm. So it's like that type of thing where you're still good friends. And when you do meet up, you know, it's like no time has passed, but Mm -hmm. my schedule is literally opposite of everyone I know. So I would honestly say the hangouts, but then when I was younger, it was different because I grew up in an area that was low income. It was brown people everywhere. And so it was different when I was younger. And then middle school hit, we moved. My mom, we lived in with my mom's boyfriend, moved to Spring Valley. It was white. And so, you know, so basically I would say the hangouts. And then I stopped doing those because, you know. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was time. Yeah. For yeah. me, like, I, it's so crazy to have created a space. And then I'm just like, hey, y'all can't go no more. Um, mm-hmm. And it's mostly because of the comic book shop because I yeah. did work on Sundays. But I had stopped attending even when I hadn't left California yet because mm-hmm. of just how busy planning that move got. And now I think there's probably like a, just, you know, two or three people that are there consistently. And then like mm-hmm. two or three people that pop in when they can. Yeah. Um, and I've popped into one or two of them. So I know it is a lot harder to keep up now, although the space is available still for, for mm-hmm. people who do want to connect with um with other mixed folks. But OK, I didn't realize that. I thought I thought like you were you were working your way through like all the mixed podcasts and and community and stuff oh, like I that. I listened. Yeah. Like um, some kind of brown. I like that. But, you okay. know, then she stopped recording. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Blurred comics. Um, and then when you guys were doing the lives on Facebook, I was you know, watching those. And then I don't know my okay. schedule. <laughs> no, I got you. I know. I know you work like 27 hours out of the whole day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I know you're super busy, but I, yeah, I guess I'm just, I was, I was trying to mm-hmm. trace it. Cause I was, I was wondering like for, for some of the conversations that I think we have had where you have talked about, about being kind of the only mm-hmm. Brown person in a lot of spaces that you enter, of like was it a craving to be around other brown people or specifically mixed people because there was a little bit more of a crossover or like what got you engaged I I guess I I asked this of a lot of people just because I'm curious like Mm -hmm. I know for me it was literally I grew up around a whole bunch of mixed people and then I grew up and there weren't mixed people around anymore so Mm -hmm. I started the show to find mixed people again Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, maybe I don't even know if this makes sense, but maybe just a way to access like my black side, even Mm. though granted the things you have on your, or the people you have on your show, they're not necessarily mixed the same way I am, but I think it's just nice hearing those stories and then just seeing, Oh, well, you know, they're not that much different than I am. And yeah, like, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Cause (laughs) I, I, it took me a while because I had a very fixed sense of what mixedness was when I started the show, even like in the same way that I think there's a lot of people that think of themselves as woke. And then they Mm -hmm. find out that like, oops, actually I'm prejudiced about this. I think Mm -hmm. it was, I think it was something similar is where like, I thought I understood mixedness and I had it down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I realized in doing the show that like, oh, I actually thought mixed involved. You had to be part black, you know, like Mm -hmm. that you couldn't have identified this way even if you mm-hmm. didn't have black in you and there was also a certain behavior that I expected based off of the kind of mix that I was or the kind mm-hmm. of mixed people that I was around so then when I started meeting people and they weren't behaving that way or that they were acting or that they were saying like um or they just had to fl- let's say a flip version of me like they yeah. grew up mostly around white people where I grew mm-hmm. up mostly around black people I'd be like oh is that a thing like you know like even that I had to mm-hmm. I had to work through that in the early days of the show and so within the first couple of months I started realizing that I had more in common generally with just any mixed person no matter mm-hmm. what their mix was um one because it's not often I find someone mixed exactly the way that I'm mixed right. yeah um, triracial british japanese and black but I I I have found just as much crossover with someone that doesn't come from any of the cultures that I have mm-hmm. as I do with someone who comes with at least one or two of the cultures that I have. And so I do think it's helpful to to anybody who who tries to listen just just to feel like not alone, like, oh, right. other people experience this kind of stuff. How do you well, I guess like you have no time. So how do you do this? Um, like, how do you maneuver as a mixed person? Like, do you own your mixedness when when you enter spaces a lot or do you? kind of I guess I'm not going to fill in the blank do you feel like mm-hmm. you man, you maneuver as a mixed person comfortably yeah like yeah. I yeah I, I'm I'm not any different anywhere else and I think I'm just so used to it I know 
growing up, one of the things that I would do, I'd be like, oh, I'm literally the only black person here. Um, so I, I think the only time I really feel uncomfortable, honestly, is just if I'm in black spaces and that's just because I didn't have access to you it as a child. Like, dude, I lived with a white mom. Like I, <laughs> I, I raised animals. I was in 4-H. Like oh, that's I did right, white things. Yes. I did white things. Well, so. to be fair, like if the world hadn't shifted the way that it did, there mm-hmm. would be a lot more probably, or if you lived in a different place, you a probably would place. have acted a lot more black people that are, were yeah. in 4-H or, or some sort of organization similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But where you live specifically, like, yeah, that, that was going to be a super white activity. Yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> your mom understood that life was a little bit different for you and your brother compared to her life? Did she try to accommodate your blackness as you were growing up? So I have a story. We, <laughs> I love my mom. My mom is it's... the best. Like literally, I love my mom. Um, so in my experience growing up was way different than my brother's. So mm, same with me and um, way different. So in that, actually, I guess I have a couple of stories. So when I was in seventh grade, we had just, well, I guess in seventh grade, we had moved in with my mom's boyfriend and I, like I had said earlier, I went from like a neighborhood full low income, lots of Brown to spring Valley. It was white. And my mom was worried that people would not be okay with us being half black. And so she had people, well, I don't know if she had my brother. She had me tell people I was Samoan, which is just like super. Wow. Yeah. really cringy you know and honestly I don't know that I actually did do that I don't remember I just remember her saying well if someone asks let them know you know like you're you're mixed with Samoan instead of black and I was just like yo that's kind of weird so what was the was it hierarchically she thought Samoan would be less picked on than black yeah I did figured that I, I'm assuming she figured that there would be less of an issue mm. as opposed to it with me being mixed with black. So like, that's, that's, that's crazy, you know, like that's super crazy. And like, I really don't think I actually did, but just with her saying, tell people this, if they ask like, what, you know, I mean, that could have backfired so hard. Cause you could have been like to a kid in school, like I'm Samoan. And they're like, I am too. And they're like, here's my entire family. Like, where's yours? And you're like, it's me and my brother. And you're like, what? That's not... Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. in Southern California. Like we, like we've, we had all kind of small folks where we grew up. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Do you recall what that made you feel like? Did, what did you, what did you think was happening when she was telling you that? So it's really, I don't really remember how I felt then. I obviously know how I feel now. Like mm. that's super, just super, super, super cringy. Um, I think I understood where she was coming from. And like I said, I don't think I actually told anyone. So maybe mm-hmm. it just wasn't just like, wow. Like, why do I need to lie about this? But mm-hmm. um, so obviously she knew there might be some sort of backlash living where we lived. Mm-hmm. and. I honestly, there wasn't a problem. And like I said, people don't clock me as black. So Mm. that might be it too. So like with my brother, he had different experiences. Even now um, where I live, you know, I, I don't have a problem, but my brother would be walking down the street and people would yell the N word at him. And I'm like, Mm. he's he's lighter than me. Like if you are driving by really fast, how are you going to tell that he's mixed with black? Like, Mm. that's so weird. So it's just... I just wasn't clocked, I guess. And it's so so wild too. Like people don't realize how different sibling experiences can be. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother does have more white features, but he mm-hmm. does have slightly darker skin than me and he has yeah. curlier hair than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he is seen, I think in his friend groups, at least when I was still around him, cause we don't really talk that much either. Uh, I think he was seen as white, even though mm-hmm. he was clearly something else, like there's clearly something other than white going mm-hmm. on. But um, but I was always clocked as black, even except for now because of the masks <laughs> and my K-pop hair, um, which we'll see what happens when I grow my hair back out and I'm wearing the masks. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, it's wild that you guys have. So so that's the other part is that you don't even have necessarily a teammate 
in terms of like the solidarity of being the only two mixed kids in school and stuff like that, because your experiences are so different. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how it was for him when he was a kid. He was really shy. So Mm. I don't think he had much of an issue as a child. Um, Like, I know some of the things we had, we dealt with was with like my mom's boyfriends, like they treated us differently for whatever reason. Um, But I don't think he had much issue in regards to how he was mixed as a child, as opposed to now, Mm. Um, which, you know, is weird because he, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's probably dealing with a a lot of other stuff like Mm -hmm the yeah. like colorism and mm-hmm. whether or not he gets more privilege in a space as a light-skinned black person if he's mm-hmm. clocked as a light-skinned black person and and how oddly that can not oddly it's probably unexpected I don't want to say oddly but it's probably unexpected that people would think that those of us with black features mm-hmm. that have lighter skin feel invalidated in our blackness just off the mention of like how somebody treats us as a black person like if they treat us like Mm -hmm. one of the good ones uh, meaning that they're identifying our lighter skin as as somehow making us better or seeing us as you know just another one of fill in the blank too right like those Mm -hmm. different things happen and when so now that I'm here in Houston and I'm in a predominantly black community and I have my comic book Mm -hmm. shop I kind of start my day with this quote switch accent that my aunt sort of trained me into after I left Long Beach because I had uh, more of a accent that reflected the hood that I grew up in mm-hmm. um, like this one she worked on so much and in such a way that it like became my accent and so it doesn't I don't often feel like I like I can hear myself even though this is the voice that I use all the time yeah. that being said when I am around black folks or when specifically people that are from similar neighborhoods like I grew up in I hear it in their voice and Mm -hmm. they and it starts to come out in mine so I start the day it's like memento like the movie memento (laughs) I start the day out with this voice and by the end of the day I have my full ass like neighborhood but you know my black accent from my neighborhood that I grew up in at near the end of the day and then I go to sleep and I wake up and this thing comes back (laughs) Like my body, like my body just remembers this one and keeps reverting back to this. I was like, but this isn't technically the natural, the natural state. Um, but it, but it is weird. Like even, even just how black people identify us as well too. Um, I noticed that in the shop when I say us, but I have my mask on and I'm mm-hmm. referring to black people. Yeah. Um, there's some people who just see me as, especially cause I'm here in the South, like mm-hmm. everybody's got a cousin or auntie that looks like me someone Mm -hmm. everybody's got a creole auntie or something like Mm. that that looks like me so nine times out of ten they they leave it alone but every now and then like one time out of ten i see a person's eye go "Hmm," like (laughs) what why does she say us and and in those cases like those are the times when i'm just like oh you don't see it like i have i mean like a straight up black owned comic book shop that i'm a co-owner of and i'm like oh um so that happens (laughs) so maybe that's what he's experiencing is is like how he's being identified like for lack of a better way of saying it literally what kind of black is he being identified as Mm -hmm. and whether or not that gives him any kind of um invalidation or validation Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that too Mm -hmm. um yeah like for me uh if i get the occasional person from southern california who hears it in my voice and they're like, where are you from? And then I mm-hmm. say Long Beach. They're like, I knew it. And be, and that like for me in this, in this place that I'm living in now is way more validation than someone saying like, like I can see that you're mixed with black. It's mm-hmm. mostly just like you, where are you from? Long Beach. I knew it. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, you do, <laughs> even though I haven't been there since I was 17. <laughs> it's so, it's so stupid. <laughs> well, see, at least you have that. Cause literally people, you know, I live in San Diego, Mexico's like right there. It's five minutes away, yeah. you know, and people, when they find out I'm black, they're like, really? And I'm like, okay, yeah. I got like, a question. Since yeah. you do get clocked as Mexican and, or any kind of yes. Latine and people speak Spanish too and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you speak any Spanish? I took four years of Spanish. So with that being said, depending on how fast they speak, I can understand them and I will respond in English. You will. Yeah. Oh, you'll respond in English. Okay. If I understand what they're saying, or sometimes if they just ask, do you speak Spanish? I just tell them no. Okay. It's fine. But there was one time I told someone no, and they're like, well, how come your parents didn't teach you? And I'm like, dude, my dad's black. My mom's white. I don't have any in me whatsoever. Like I have not, like literally, that's why. 
Have you gotten the you should be proud that you look Mexican or that you should be proud that you look whatever country they think you're from? No. Okay. No. So I this has happened to me before, but for me, it's it was a straight up protest. And this is the dumbest thing in the world now that I'm 44 years old. But when I was 15 or 14 and having to make this decision, I thought I was doing something, you know, for the culture or whatever. Um, it was time to pick your language class when you're going into high mm -hmm. school. And I chose French instead of Spanish, even though I lived in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And it probably would have made sense for me for two reasons. Uh, the biggest reason was really that my stepmom was um, a Spanish speaker mm -hmm. and she was half Italian and half um, Mexican. And it was in protest because of the relationship that we had that I didn't mm -hmm. speak Spanish because she spoke Spanish. Um, that was number one. Number two was that because people thought I was Spanish, mm -hmm. I wouldn't learn Spanish so that I didn't justify or validate that I was Spanish mm -hmm. for them. So mm -hmm. I don't speak much Spanish at all. And actually, it's amazing that I haven't picked up more Spanish living in Southern California as long yeah. as I did. But if I do know the Spanish that people are speaking mm -hmm. and I even know the Spanish response to it, I still don't say it because I'm like, they're going to think. I'm that. And then now I'm being invalidated as a non-Spanish speaking mm. Dominican mm -hmm. or Mexican yeah. or whatever. Right. And I just didn't like I didn't need another level of something to invalidate mm -hmm. me. So I just like straight up refuse to do it, which yeah. I think now in hindsight is stupid. But um, when I was growing up, that was like that was my way of just like protecting my little black and Japanese self. <laughs> um, but I did one time I told this story on the show before. I think that I was in New York and I was getting T-shirts like this was like my last day. I'm getting T-shirts for souvenirs. And there's an Arabic dude who ran the T-shirt counter. So he mm -hmm. started speaking to me in Spanish. And mm -hmm. I knew he was Arabic and I was like, mm. and I goes like, I don't speak Spanish. And he goes, what kind of Puerto Rican doesn't speak Spanish? So this is an Arabic dude, mind you. I, I have to keep saying it was an Arabic dude. And I was like, um, a black and Japanese one. And he goes, what? And then he starts speaking to me in Japanese. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. Cause he spoke like really fast Japanese. And yeah. I was like, you know, in my little slow way of like, um, watashi wa like I'm like a sinner trying to like put it together like I kind of speak but Scotchy is little like mm -hmm. and then he's like okay so you don't speak he's like you don't speak Spanish and I'm like not Spanish he's like okay yeah. you don't speak Japanese and I'm like um Japanese people don't teach their kids when they come to the United States I don't know what you want mm -hmm. and then I, I get my shirts and I wrap up and I'm about to leave and I say shukran which is mm -hmm. Arabic for thank you thank you and yeah. he's like oh Arabic you speak <laughs> and I was like well just a little <laughs> like, I know I know how to say thank you I also know how to identify certain foods and mm -hmm. I know how to swear in ways that I should never do that in front of actual people. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I still like even, even non, even Brown people that aren't of Spanish descent will identify me mm -hmm. as Spanish. And sometimes they speak Spanish and it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> it's rude that they, they don't speak Spanish. <laughs> That being said, I might find myself living there uh, one of these days. And if that's the case, I, I'm going to have to figure that shit out real quick. Yes, you are. That's going to mess with me so bad if I actually do. And I'm like, all these years, I never learned Spanish. And I look the way that I look. And I could actually go to a country where I kind of look like the people there, even though I'm not of them. And if mm -hmm. I just spoke the language, people would just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Past Charmaine wasn't doing future Charmaine any favors. <laughs> Well, see, I wanted to take German just to be different, but they, you know didn't what I'm offer, saying? they did not offer German at my high school. I would have had to transfer just for that. And I was like, really? yeah, no. yeah. Mm -hmm. so it was either French or Spanish and I did not want to take French. Same. So. If, if um, I, I was a little bit of a Francophile for a period in mm. high school and stuff like that. So I was able to use French a little bit when I went to France, my one time that mm. I went there. Um, and then now I've found out that my African ancestry is from a French colonized country and they still speak French. So if mm -hmm. I can get my French up again, I could go there and actually understand a little bit. I definitely understand more French than um, than Spanish for sure. Really? Mm -hmm. huh. That's interesting. Well, I did French for three years in high school, but I also did one summer school class in second mm. grade, which is so bizarre. <laughs> second grade. Second grade. And the <laughs> shit from second grade stuck in my head way more than the stuff from because I was a kid, my head was right. like was spongy, spongy back then yeah, yeah. um so uh, it takes more work so every now and then like I can watch a French movie and look away for a second and come back and I still am up on it oh, a little wow. bit as okay. long as it's not too fast that's always been the problem even with the Japanese um mm -hmm. I understand more than I speak and as long as they're not speaking too 
fast I can kind of get the gist Mm -hmm. that being said I'm taking Japanese with a tutor right now and she'll ask me a question I was like I know the sound of that question I have no idea what that question is asking but like I can identify (laughs) the words I've heard them before and she's really like she's definitely testing me and um in a way I'm like I don't actually know as much Japanese as I think I know um but I don't know whatever <laughs> but but if you get to where you have said you want to move I don't know if you want to say so I'm just going to mm-hmm. talk around it no, it's fine. Um, Florida. you would definitely yeah. need Spanish or like you could use Spanish if you, if yeah. you wanted to for sure mm-hmm. and then you would just be Puerto Rican or Dominican and um maybe Cuban Cuban you know? maybe less well, I guess because you have the white features, even though you have the brown skin, yeah, you have the white features. I see that. I get Dominican because I have black features. Yeah, no, like I got my grandma's white nose. Like, I look white. I look like a brown skin white person with curly hair. I wonder if you traveled like, in like the Mediterranean, what, what people thought you would. <laughs> oh, I missed that. It froze a little. We're back. And we're but back. Yeah, I don't oh. know how the Mediterranean. Yeah. I wonder if you would be seen. I don't know I, how the Mediterranean would work. This is so weird to even think of like, where could we go in the world where someone would just leave us alone? Like if you could get through a day without someone, well, I guess that mm-hmm. happens to me more often. I, I get asked almost daily. Yeah. Um, do you get asked often what you are? No, because they just assume. So they literally just assume, I'm, you know, we live in San Diego or I live in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they just assume like I'm mostly Mexican because, you know, it's right there. Mm-hmm. I'll, <laughs> My car is in the shop one time and I was walking home from my overnight job and I was tired. It was like seven o'clock in the morning and this dude, he was walking and he was like, so he asked me what I was mixed with and I just, I wasn't into it. You know, it's seven o'clock it's in, the early in the morning for a question like that. Are you <laughs> kidding I'm me? Like, I'm tired. My car is broken. I'm having to walk a mile and a half. It had rained. I actually said so to walk two miles. I had to go the long way. And he just like literally came up with everything. And I was wearing, I used to work at a, a at a rec center on an Indian reservation. So I was wearing mm-hmm. their t-shirt or their hoodie. And so he kept, you know, he's like, are you Spanish? And I was like, no. He's like, are you this? No. Are you that? No. Like he literally mentioned everything except for black. And I was like, it's fine. I'm not trying to get at you anyway. So stop <laughs> guessing, man. People need to stop. I don't know why they think, no, I got this. I'm going to guess it. I'm going to get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why people feel like they need to guess. We don't need, please don't guess. Yeah. We can decide if we want to tell you. you yeah, I wasn't you know. feeling it. Like, it was literally a day after I got my nose pierced. My piercing was, like, sticking out. I'm like, just let me get home. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it is always in, the, like, the weirdest damn times, too, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can't be, no context of, like, we're at a discussion about race and no. ethnicity. And someone's like, well, since we're on the subject, what are you? It's never that. It's always like you're pumping gas and someone drives past it. They're like, what are you? Like, what the fuck? Why? I'm like you. I'm walking home. Like, I'm literally not going to have sex with you. Leave me alone. Just like, it's not happening. <laughs> Everybody so. sucks. Literally, I'm so done with humanity at this point. Like, all the any little bit of hopefulness I had about humanity is fully dead and I'm done. I'm not helping anybody out anymore. 2020 <laughs> killed me. <laughs> so like every single day, and especially as we got closer to the election, I'm just like, can we just not be here yeah. anymore? Like it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. So it, it's funny because I've always wanted to to leave the country and I have been the person who over whoever got voted in. I was like, oh, Bush Jr., I'm out. I'm going to Canada. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't go to Canada. Yeah. Um, and then the next. The next guy after Obama pops up and I'm just like, yeah, I got to get the fuck out. Like, I felt like I knew it was coming. I felt like mm-hmm. that was the natural progression of like, hey, we gave you a black now you mm-hmm. get this guy. Like it just felt like it was coming. I I had no no belief in humanity back mm-hmm. then enough to think that we weren't actually going to end up with the same dude mm-hmm. or that that dude. Um and now with him <laughs> coming out <laughs> and actually trying to like run again 2 years in advance of things and saying that white people are being discriminated against to get the vaccine when he literally told everybody not to get the vaccine. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. muster at yeah. all. I, I'm done. I'm so done. 
no i get it yeah. for real this time like I, mm-hmm. I feel like for real this time i want out <laughs> well, just... and i was telling my mom i'm like can we just go somewhere but then everywhere has their own problems and sure it's like there's just going to be something else somewhere else and it's just like oh so but if i can also go to the doctor at this end like mm-hmm. I'll- I know I'm going to deal with different kinds of racism and discrimination yeah. and sexism and things like that wherever I go. But can I go to the doctor? Because I can't afford <laughs> I can't afford it here. No, you can't. So I'm out. I want out. <laughs> I want out so bad. I just yeah. want to go to the doctor. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely there's definitely things that that I wonder. And it's also part of doing the show too. Like uh, I've gotten more international guests in the past, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that back. I don't yeah. kind of know what really happened of of why I don't get as many now mm-hmm. as I used to. But um, understanding mixedness around the globe is is something that is also important to me too, because mm-hmm. I just want to know like how do people maneuver? You know, how how do you yeah. get through it? Um, is it as overtly racist for in in all places mm-hmm. as it feels like it is here? Um, do they get the the best of both worlds thing that I fucking can't stand um, that people say about mixed people. It, it literally, it is not, it is like, not. What even would that be? Right. Like it, the concept <laughs> to me is racist in itself. Like what is the best of being mixed with fill in the blank races? Like there's mm-hmm. only going to be stereotypical things that they're going to say. Yeah. Um, so there's no way for it to not be gross. That being said, I know there are a lot of mixed people who do also say that about themselves. And like, if that's the way you identify I'm not yeah. policing the way individuals identify, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely policing the way a random white person says to me, oh, you have the best of both worlds. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I think for me, I'm so used to being in white spaces. Navigating white spaces is not a problem. However, I'm highly aware, like, yo, I'm probably the only black person here mm. and I'm only half. But I think like... You had mentioned earlier with my brother with people thinking, well, maybe he's like one of the good ones. And that's I that's how I feel a lot of times. Like you get treated like, like you're one of the good ones. Yes. And like I'll be like the token black friend. Mm-hmm. And I know I feel a lot of pressure sometimes to act a certain way because I don't want to fall into stereotypes. Like I had mentioned before. Yeah. Um, like you can't heaven forbid I get angry at work because now I'm right angry black bitch I'm like motherfucker dude like I can be upset and be okay like and why don't we have room to be upset (laughs) when we're brown like what what is the reason it's literally so frustrating Mm -hmm. I I don't know it's so frustrating and it's just like I always have to it's not that I have a temper but you know sometimes you get upset and you get annoyed and I can't ever vocalize that because now oh here she goes I you used know? to literally leave work when I got mad. Mm-hmm. Like I would go and say like, I have to go run an errand real fast or, or like, you know, and something like that. And I remember when I used to work at Dell, I hid in my truck one time mm-hmm. to, to cry about something. And unfortunately, yeah. randomly, and I wasn't even parked near where I worked. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, randomly, my boss walked through the po- parking lot and he saw me mm-hmm. crying. And so he's like, what's going on? I was just like, leave me alone, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got into my office, he tells my staff, the people who reported to me, Charmaine was just crying in her truck. So everybody responded to that. I was Mm -hmm. so upset about it because then it was a thing of one, I don't want to show emotion to people that I don't, I'm not comfortable with. But two, Mm -hmm. it, then it was like the emotional brown woman. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. need that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. Yeah, we have no room to be upset or even like be upset for a reason that would be understandable yes, to like them it, too. Yeah, anyone could be upset except for me. Like mm-hmm. it's okay for everyone else, but then Nikki, nope, you got to keep that in check. And it's, yeah, it's tiring. Yeah, it's tiring. But but generally, <laughs> <laughs> since we're just talking about all the things that suck. Um, <laughs> What doesn't suck? What do you love most about being mixed? I just have, I think it's. (laughs) (laughs) What did we do? See, this is probably why I don't talk to people I know on the show. Because it just falls apart. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) I think usually, I don't know. Um, Maybe I just have different viewpoints and I can see things from other points of view. And I. I guess that's it, honestly, mm-hmm. just being able to see these other points of views that other people can't. Um, 
or just because of their experiences. And I know my experiences are different than someone who's just monoracial black. I get mm-hmm. that. And I know my experiences are different because I'm a woman. My experiences are different because I'm fat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have all these different ways to come at things, whereas some people don't. And I think, yeah. you know, I guess that's it. I don't know. Um, I guess that would be it, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. There, there are times, too, where it's uh, – I've seen on the show, too, where, where – we're so used to being like the other in every space that we can't mm-hmm. even quite like clock it for ourselves. Like when you just joy, when we just have joy in it um, mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's not even like the necessary thing for some people. It's just like literal existence. Yeah. Um, and you might not be even have clock it as being compared, like because of mixedness or because you're mixed or you have this access or you have this understanding or you're more empathetic or whatever mm-hmm. the thing might be for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we, so we are mm-hmm. pretty much near the end, but I enjoy chatting with you and, and hanging out. I, um, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Not much. We can keep talking if you want. I'm chilling. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, mm. it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the show. It's nice to chat with you because I think it has been probably a while, like a year or so. I I know mm-hmm. that you have engaged in the in the the fingery um, chickety clacks when we're doing our live streams. I've, you've mm-hmm. definitely commented when we've done them and stuff like that. But I don't. I feel like it's been a while since we've actually like seen each other's face and talked and yeah stuff. So thank you for joining yeah. me for this. This was fun. Not a and, problem. Um, yeah, don't forget to be a miss ass self. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at militantly mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of militantly mixed, please go to patreoncom slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.